Hello, it's Father Neil Vaney here. And I'm Joe. We both work at the Catholic Inquiry Centre. And welcome to our Lenten podcast series for 2022. Father Neil, um, loyalty is a quality we expect and want from our peers. But what do you think um, brings people to betray one another? That's a very good question in Lent because to some extent the events of Jesus' death and his rising only happened because Jesus, Judas portrayed him. Now, of course, there's lots of questions and, and thoughts about why did Judas do this, and this is something where um, there are many, many uh, ideas about why he did this, and basically it's fairly mysterious because there are many, many possibilities, and I don't want to go into them all now, but it does lead into this question, which is another major one, is that why do we do this to one another? Why do people sometimes that we really care for, people who are very important in our lives, why do we go and betray them and sometimes even destroy their lives? So can we identify um, patterns that move people to betray others? Yes, I think it's fairly clear. We do think of the dramatic instances where somebody out for money or for love of their country or that great pressure is put on them commit great uh, incidents of betrayal. But many of the betrayals that we have been part of, we've either perpetrated them ourselves or we've been the uh, objects and, and those who've suffered from them, come about because of not thinking, of people uh, trying to impress others. I'll give you a couple of examples just to bring this home. I remember one case I heard of where there was a woman who had been very shy and diffident and she had worked very, very hard on her marriage and got to a stage where she hoped to be an HR person in quite a big firm that would involve a lot of support of people on staff. And she was at a bit of a party where they were launching some of this And her husband, sort of glowing with pride for her, said, well, not many of you will know that uh, Jean's mother actually committed suicide. And there was a terrible silence because she had never told anybody because she thought this could make a huge difference to her work. This, for me, is one source where it often happens. People want to impress others. They want to get close to others. They want to uh, be part of the club, part of the group. And, and they'll say something which in fact is thoughtless but can lead to quite a lot of distrust, disharmony and breaking of union. A small example from my own life, this is not great, but it's a good example of what can happen. I did my master's thesis in history about the Irish miners mainly on the west coast in the 19th century and the interaction between them and the French clergy mainly. I had a ring from a fellow who was very interested in this and he was going to be writing a book about what had happened there, about the Irish and the Irish as immigrants. And we had a great chat and he was very friendly and said I'd been very, very helpful. About a year or so later his book came out and I picked it up and started reading it and I came to the part which described the famous Fenian riot in Hokitika in 1868 and I thought, gosh, this looks very familiar, it's very good. And I thought, 
was actually my text. <laughs> and I realised he'd almost printed my text word for word. He hadn't asked me. I did see in the back he did mention my name as one of the sources, but I felt pretty indignant that here was someone who had got my trust. I had given him a lot of help, and then he suddenly really did something totally unethical. So this is another example, but I think in many ways it's this whole thing about wanting to be part of a group, uh, wanting to impress, wanting to try and create bonds, trying to influence people, trying to be on the inner group. And I think that's one of the big reasons there. Yeah, um, thanks for those insights. And I I guess um, as we look for inspiration, I mean, what are the lessons we can learn from how Jesus reacted to both Peter and Judas? Yes, that's a very good question because one of the things we see about him is that he seemed to be fairly aware that betrayal was very real, very imminent. And we see him a number of times really putting that question about who is going to be my betrayer. And at the Last Supper, of course, in several of the accounts of it, he actually asks that question, who is going to betray me, as if he's trying to change Judas's mind. But Judas is resolute and he goes out and he doesn't change. Whereas if we look at Peter, we find that Peter thought that he would never betray Jesus. I would never betray you, Lord. And he's an example, I think, of the opposite of someone who's overconfident in their own abilities, somebody who thinks that they'll never make this sort of mistake and he does in a terrible way really denying jesus three times i think the interesting thing though is is how did jesus cope with that when he rose one of the things we see is that uh, when jesus rises and he appears to the disciples in the upper room they're all terrified because they've betrayed him basically they've run away they've said they didn't want to be part of him and they've hidden and they're terrified and that's why they're locked away because they're frightened, terribly frightened of what the Jews might do to them. Now when Jesus appears, he doesn't reprimand, he doesn't blame them, he doesn't do anything except show them his hands and his side and accepts that what's happened to him without turning on them, without blaming anybody. And when it comes to the very famous occasion at the end of John's Gospel where, where Jesus asks Simon Peter three times, uh, Do you love me? Most commentators will say, well, obviously it's an echo of the fact that Peter betrayed him three times. But Jesus, again, he doesn't actually turn on him or say, why did you do this? Why were you so weak? He just asks, do you accept me in love? And Peter is obviously deeply stung by this and really hurt. But what it shows is that Jesus accepts that Peter has done this and he's not trying to blame him anymore. He's not denying that this has happened, but he's pointing out to Peter, well, you've learned something through this and will you still go on and be my friend and be loyal to me? And Peter says, yes, of course I will be. Thank you, Neil. Um, yeah, certainly the um, Judas and his betrayal is one of the stronger aspects of this holy, holy period and something that most people know of. Um, and I think you've provided some good background uh, info um, on maybe what motivated uh, this to happen. 
Thanks, Neil. And I'll say thanks to you and our audience for listening to our Linton podcast series. Um, please do catch up with us again um, as we continue our journey to Easter. <laughs>